Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Fresh Encounter, the radio ministry of Lifelong Anointing Church. Our mission as a church is to equip the body of Christ to increase in wisdom and in stature, and in favor with God and with men. We are glad that you joined us for this edition of the broadcast. It is our prayer that this broadcast will be a blessing to you. Here now is Pastor Otuno with today's message. First Samuel chapter 15, we read a very interesting story there this morning. We are told about the story of the man of the first king of Israel, named Saul. The Lord had called him out of a very lowly estate and made him the king over his own people. And the Lord God Almighty gave him a very clear instruction. The Lord told Paul to go and fight with the Amalekites. And do while he was doing that, while he's fighting with the Amalekites, he makes sure that he kills every one of them, leaving nothing alive. The Bible tells us that Saul went ahead and did what the Lord had told him. But he spared some good stuff. In other words, he looked at those things and said, how can I destroy all these things? Why don't I just keep some of them under the guise of using them as a sacrifice to the Almighty God? He obeyed God, but not completely. Okay? So, as far, and as far as God is concerned, partial obedience is the same thing as disobedience. Okay? So that's what happened to Saul. And I will pick up the story from verse number 18. When Saul confronted, uh, when Samuel confronted Saul, the Lord Bible, the Bible tells him in verse number 18, the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go. And utterly destroy the sinners of the Amalekites and fight against them until they be consumed. Wherefore then thou not obey the voice of the Lord, but did fly upon the, upon the spoil and did evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said unto Samuel, Yeah, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag, the king of the Amalek, and have utterly destroyed the Amalekite. But the people took the spoil, sheep and oxen, chief of the things which have been, which should have been utterly destroyed, to sacrifice unto the Lord thy God in Gilgal. Verse number 20. And Samuel said, Has the Lord great delight in burnt offering and sacrifice, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of ram. Verse number 23, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness as, a, as, an, as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he has also rejected thee from being king. In other words, Samuel was saying, as far as God is concerned, partial obedience is disobedience in the face of the Almighty God. When the Lord gives a very clear instruction, when the Lord gives a very clear way of doing things, and then you now decide to change your, you know, and you now look at it and say, okay, the what God is doing, I don't think God probably understood what we are doing here in 2016. I think probably God does not understand what is happening in the situation of our society. Maybe God is probably too old-fashioned. Dealing with the dealing with the Israelites in the wilderness probably changed, you know, distorted his view. Now we are living in the big city, and this is 2016. God probably needs to modernize his own way. So instead of doing it A, B, C, I'll do it X, Y, Z. And the Lord is saying no i am the one the same yesterday today and forever 
what I have done in the past is exactly what I'm going to do here today. And the instruction that I give is the same instruction I want, and I want it followed the way I have given that instruction. Now, for those of us who were here last week, we talked about the radio. We celebrated our one year anniversary in this particular building. And it, in our own little way, we celebrated what we consider to be success in the, you know, in ministry. Uh, well, the, the question that comes to that, that the law, you know, the, the question that comes to mind is that will the Lord sanction what we have done in the past year in this particular place? Will the Lord give His you know, Will the Lord give us His mark of approval? If the Lord sits down and looks at and looks at what we did in the past year, will He be able to say, "Okay, you guys have done this work the way I expect you to do it"? The issue is not how we evaluate our service to the Lord. The issue is not how we evaluate our own lives. The issue is not how much we regard the things that we do. The real question is, how does God evaluate your service? How does God evaluate my service? How does God see what you do? And how does God see what I do? Okay, what is most important is that will the Lord give us his mark of approval? If he looks at you and he looks at me and he looks at what we do, will he give us that mark of approval? We might point to the wonderful things that we do as individuals. We might point to the wonderful things that we do as a family, as a church or as a ministry. The question is, does does these things count as far as God is concerned? Do they count? All the things that we claim that we do or the things that we think that we are doing for the Lord, do they really count in the grand scheme of things? How we build this church? Have we built this church according to the pattern that He gave to us? Or are we building our own kingdom? Or are we building our own agenda? That is the question that we're trying to find out. Are the things that we're doing right now, are they the things that bring Him praise? Or are we just doing it just to satisfy our own conscience? Have we built this church according to the pattern that He gave us? Have we built it according to the pattern that He gave us? Exodus chapter 25. Exodus 25, reading from verse number 1, the Bible tells us there. It says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, that they bring me an offering of one uh, of every man that giveth it willingly with his heart. Ye shall take my offering. And this is the offering which ye shall take of them, gold and silver and brass, and blue and purple and scarlet, and fine linen and goat hair, and ram skin dyed red, and butter skin and shitting wood, and, de- and let them make me a sanctuary, that I may dwell among them, according to all that I showed thee, after the pattern of the tabernacle, and the pattern of all the instruments thereof, thereof, even so shall ye make it. Now verse number 40. They say, look that thou make them after, thy, after their pattern, which was shown on the mount in other words god is telling moses the time that we were together remember what i told you about the temple remember what i told you about the tabernacle remember what i told you about how you are supposed to build and construct it he said remember and you remember when the people bring in their gift when they build when they bring their offering when we're about to when you're about to build this particular temple remember what i showed you so that you will build it according to that particular pattern in other words, God counts not your activity. God is not counting your activity or how busy you are. What God is more instru- interested in is how you, know, how you obey the instructions and the commands that He gives to you. The things that He asks you to do, how did you do it? It's not whether you are busy doing something. It's not whether you are busy engaging something. It's not because whether you are busy running up and down. The question is, how effective are you in obeying the instructions that I gave you? And the Lord is telling Moses, please remember the things that I told you. Remember how I told you to do it. Make sure you build it according to the pattern that I showed you. Okay? 
Exodus chapter 4, 25, 40 again. The Bible says, Look that thou make that, that thou make them after their pattern which was shown thee on the mount. And the book and the, and the and the writer of Hebrew went ahead and repeated that same instruction. If you read Hebrews chapter 8, reading from verse number 5, seeing the same thing, he says, See that thou make all things according to the pattern that was shown unto thee on in the mount. It is just like when you're about to construct a house. You gave the blueprint to the to the, to the to the to the building engineer, and you told them, "I want a three-bedroom house." And by the time you took a journey, after a month, and you came back, the guy built a five-bedroom house for you. Yes, it is beautiful. Yes, it looks good. But has he followed your instruction? No. That is not what you want. No matter how gorgeous the house is, no matter how beautiful the house is, no matter how well tended and how de- how well decorated the house is, if the person has not followed the instruction, that is not what you asked for. And that is exactly what the Lord is saying. Make sure you build the tabernacle. Make sure you build according to the instruction that I gave you. There is a blueprint that God has given for every man. There is an instruction that he has given to you as an individual. There is an instruction that he has given to me as an individual. What the Lord is saying is that there is a specific pattern for every walk of the kingdom. And you better find out what that pattern is for you. You better find out what that pattern is for me. I have to find out for myself. And then build and design and do everything according to the instruction that I've received. You must make sure you build, you are building your life. You are building your marriage. You are building your career. You are building your ministry. We are building our church according to the pattern that is given to us. Because if you build in a different pattern, if you do something else, the story is a different thing. God is not obligated to bless what he has not ordained. God is not obligated to bless what he has not commissioned. When God has not given you instruction, you are on your own. Okay? You are on your own. If the Lord has not told you to do something and you decide to do it, you are on your own. Now, we may celebrate Lifelong Anointing Church and celebrate our one-year anniversary, celebrate all the nice things that we think that we have done and continue to do all those, you know, and continue to, you know, heap accolades upon ourselves. But the real question is, will God celebrate with us as a church? Will God celebrate with us as individuals? Will He celebrate with us as a ministry? Will He celebrate with us as a family? Will the Lord look at us and say, Okay, well done, you good and faithful servant? Will He look at us and say, Is this what you know what you have done is is you know is in line with what I've asked you to do? That is the real question. The real question for individuals from family and church is that have we done his will or have we pursued our own dreams or our own ambitions? Mm-hmm. Have we pursued our own agenda or have we pursued the agenda of the Almighty God? Those are the questions we should, those are the questions we should be asking ourselves. Getting God's certificate of approval and, you know, and building, you know, requires you to build according to the pattern that He has given unto you. Before you will go to the city council or go to the city office and say, I want to get an approval on this building permit, uh, get a building permit for a particular building, you have to build according to the permit, according to the instruction of that particular city. You have to build according to their code. If you build outside of their code, you can build a beautiful house. You will never get a permit. The same thing that happens in our own city council, in, in our own uh, city hall, or in, or in our local zoning area. The same thing is the same principle in the kingdom. When the Lord gives instruction, He expects you to follow that instruction. When the Lord gives instruction, He expects you to do the things He wants you to do the way He has asked you to do it. Service in the kingdom must be done the kingdom way. 
Service in the kingdom, I repeat, must be done the way God expects you to do it, the way He expects you to, you know, the way it is done in the kingdom. Every work that God has ordained uh, is executed in the way that God has specified. Now, for those of us who are, you know, some people might argue that the work of salvation that Jesus Christ went to do on the cross of Calvary didn't have to be that bloody. But that was what, that's the way God wanted it. If you decide to save your own people, you can do it in a different way. But God is, this is the way God has ordained to save his own people, and that is what he has chosen. The deliverance of the children of Israel from the land of Egypt didn't have to go through ten plagues. God could have said the very first day, I said, I'll kill all the firstborn of the Egyptians and let the people go. He could have done it with one, but he decided to go ten different plagues. That is the way he wants to do it. That is the way he did it. Okay, so God way has you know every go every work that God has ordained has a specific way in which God wants it done. Okay, God has His method of operation. He has His standard of operation. He has a style of doing things. And if you are going to walk with Him as a church, if we are going to walk with Him as a family, if we are going to walk with Him as an individual, we better find out how God does His own thing and follow along and follow suit. Because if you do it in a different way, you might be doing something, but you might not be getting the result that you want. Or God himself might not bless it. So our first year as a church is already history. Looking back now, we have, you know, how, how did we spend the year? You know, and if we are going to be able to make, and as we start the second year, there's a need for us to calibrate our effort and evaluate our service against the standard of the almighty God. There's a need for us as a church, as an individual, to sincerely ask ourselves, are we building our own life? Are we building our life, our ministry, our church, according to the pattern of God revealed in the word of God? The question is, why do we have to build according to his own pattern? Why must we, you know, why must we conform ourselves? Why must we design our life? Why must we design our activity, our church, according to the pattern that he has given to us? The first thing is because, number one, he instructed you to do it. That's the first thing. Because he gave you that simple instruction, do it, and if you are going to be obedient, you follow the instruction. Number two, why do we do it? Because the work belongs to him. I am going to build a house. I have asked a local builder to build a house for me. I am the one who owns the house. He can't tell me what I want. If he wants to continue to enjoy my business, the same thing. If we want to continue to enjoy the anointing of the Almighty God, you want to continue to enjoy the presence of the Almighty God, the work belongs to him. You do it the way he wants it done. If it is your work, you can do it the way you want. But this is his own work. So if you want to continue to enjoy his presence, you do it the way you want it to do because the work belongs to him. Number three, why do we build according to pattern? We build according to pattern because not just the fact that he has asked us to do it, not just the fact that the work belongs to him, your resources that you are using belongs to him also. How you want to build my own house? I am going to be paying for it. And yet you want to tell me the kind of house you want to build for me. If you are the one paying for it, you can do whatever you want. But I am the one paying for it. If I'm the one paying for it, then I should have a say in that particular, in the building program. If God is going to give, if God is the one footing the bill, if God is the one with all the resources, if God is the one that is actually giving you the ability to do what he wants you to do, then he should have a say in the way you do it. And that is why we have to build according to his pattern, because the resources we are using, the resources at our disposal belongs to him. Number four, why do we build according to pattern? We build according to pattern because he paid the price. He paid the price. If you pay the price, you know, there are people who say that he that, he that pays the piper dictates the tune. 
if you pay the price, you should be able to control what you will get. He paid the price on the cross of Calvary. He was the one that left his abode in heaven and died for us. The Bible says that he has been given a name above every other name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. The reason is because he paid the price. And when you pay the price, you tell people how you want a particular job done. So we build according to pattern because he paid the price. We build according to pattern because God will not bless what he has not authorized. God will not bless what he has not authorized. The same thing, if you have not been invited to be a part of a particular company, at the end of every week or every two weeks or every month when people get paid, you don't expect to be paid because you were not invited to be part of the job. You are not part of the company. If you expect to be paid, something is wrong. Something is wrong. You probably need to visit Clover Bottom. You know, because something is definitely wrong. But when God will not bless what he has not authorized, if you have not been part of the payroll, you can never get paid. Not only that, why do we build according to pattern? We build according to pattern because God will always reward the people who follow his instruction. You gave an instruction, let's build this three-bedroom apartment. The builder came and he did exactly what you wanted. Built according to specification. Did everything the way you want it done. You will be very, you will be inclined to give that person's name, the builder's name, to another person as a referral. And say, this is a very good builder because he had done according to what the way you wanted it done. But if you had built something else, when they talk about who built this house, you say, don't worry, don't worry. You know, you will not even, even mention the name of that person because that person has not done what you want it done. So, there is always a reward for those who follow his instruction. That's why we build according to pattern. And not only that, why do we build according to pattern? <laughs> there is a consequence for ignoring his instruction. The same thing you ask somebody to build a house. You ask them to build a three-bedroom house. They say, no, you are too young to be, to be living in a three-bedroom house. What can a small boy like you be doing in a three-bedroom house? I'll build you a single room. One studio is enough for you. After all, you don't you can't sleep in two rooms at the same time. So you are going to build. I'm just going to build one room for you. You say, is that so? And I paid you for three bedroom, and you are giving me just one room. Okay, the, the judge will settle it because definitely you are not going to sit. You are not just going to take it and you know take it and let it go. You are definitely going to fight that individual. That is exactly there is always a consequence for ignoring the instruction of the Almighty God. And that's what we found in the life of Saul. The Bible told us Saul was given a very clear instruction. Go to the Amalekites. Fight them. Destroy everything. The man decided to do something else under the guise of saying, okay, I want to serve the Almighty God. I want to give him, uh, I want to send him, uh, I want to bring something for, for, for an offering. And the Lord said, that's not what I ask you to do. It is good to give offering to the Lord. It is good to give sacrifice unto the Lord. But that was not the instruction. The instruction is what? Go destroy everything. And if you fail to obey that instruction, there are consequences. The consequences for the man of for the man for the king for King Saul at that time was that at the time when his king his kingdom would have been unified, when he would have established his kingdom, the Lord took it away from him. The Lord will not take up take away that which has given to us in Jesus' name. But there are consequences for ignoring the instructions of the Almighty God. The question then is this. If we know all these things, why is it that some people just simply refuse to build according to the instructions to, to the pattern of the Almighty God? Why? Number one, I'll just I'll, I'll hazard some uh, some, uh, some some reasons. That, but uh, the, the first one that comes to mind is that they don't even know that there is a pattern that exists. There are people who don't even know that there is a pattern. 
they have been in church all their lives. They have seen people do things in the church and they feel that is the natural thing to do. What we have in our society today is what is called social Christianity or cultural Christianity, where you have been raised in the church. You have been, you know, you have been taught that on Sunday morning, if you don't watch football or watch any other thing on TV, you should go to church. And when people go to church, they have no idea what is done in church. They have no idea why they are in church. They have no idea, you know, they have no relationship with the God. They are supposed to be meeting on a Sunday morning. And because of that, they don't even know that God has a specific way of doing things or that there's a pattern for which we are supposed to order our lives. And because of that, they just live anyhow. And that is why you see people who say that they are Christians, their word doesn't show it. Their behavior doesn't show it. The way they comport themselves doesn't show it. The way they interact with people doesn't show it. They are the most vicious set of people that you can work with. And they call themselves Christians. You look at them and you say, you don't even want to associate with this kind of people. Because they have no idea what it means to work with the Lord. That's true. And because they have no idea, they have no, no, they don't even have a knowledge that there is a pattern of, upon, upon which we are supposed to follow when we are building our life. They have no idea. So there is a group of people like that. The other reason why people don't do it is because, number two, they have not taken the time to receive the pattern from the Almighty God. They have not taken the time to receive the, the pattern. It's just like when you have a group of people, you know that, okay, an individual, when they wake up in the morning, this is what they're supposed to do in the house. But because, but they don't know what has gone behind the scene. They don't know the instruction that the individual has received for them to do what they're doing. But they have not been able to pray long enough to receive instruction from the Lord. They have not waited upon the Lord to see what God's pattern is for their life. They have not waited long enough to receive an instruction and direction as to what they are supposed to be doing. And that is why when they see somebody doing a particular business, they jump into that business. When they see a particular person doing a particular thing, they go in that area. You go to churches, when people speak in a particular area, they go in that area. When it is this is the latest thing that they are supposed to be preaching about, they begin to preach in that direction also. It's because they have not taken the time to receive instruction from the almighty god and that's why the bible tells us in the book of songs of solomon he said make sure you drink from your own well from your own system in other words you are supposed to get to the point where you receive directly from the almighty god the instructions that he has given unto you because if you don't receive that instruction you will be running on the assumption that you have heard god while god has not even spoken you will be ordering your life based on what you think you have heard, based on the blueprint that he has given to somebody else while he has not given you that particular blueprint. There are so many people today who are building their life based on what they have copied from somebody else, based on what they've seen operated somewhere else, based on what they have lifted from somebody else. They have not taken the time to ask God and say, Lord, what do you want me to do? Which direction do you want me to go? How do you want me to move? If Moses continued, if, you know, if Joshua, when he was standing with Moses and they got to the Red Sea and the Lord said to Moses, lift up your rod and the Red Sea will part. And Moses lifted up his rod at that point in time and the Red Sea parted. If Joshua looked at it and said, ah, I see. All you have to do is lift up the rod and the Red Sea will part. And And Joshua kept that at the back of his mind. So when they got to the Jordan and they were about to cross into the promised land, and now Joshua stood there. Moses is no longer there. Now Joshua said, okay, I remember. When Moses got to the Red Sea, it was a very large sea. And all Moses had to do was lift up his rod and the Red, uh, Red Sea parted. I guess when I get here in the Jordan, all I have to do also is to lift up my staff and the Jordan should part. Jo- they will never have entered into the promised land. Never. Because that was not instruction for Joshua at that time. Yeah. 
the instruction for Joshua at that time was instead of lifting up a rod, tell the priest to, that carried the Ark of the Covenant to put their feet in the water. And as soon as they put their feet in the water, what happened? The water will part. The instruction for Joshua is different from the instruction for Moses. What the Lord spoke to Moses was lift up your rod. But he spoke to Joshua, he said, put your feet in that particular water. The point I'm trying to make is this. You have to wait long enough in the presence of the Almighty God to receive an instruction that is unique to you. You have to wait long enough to be able to hear him so that he can tell you exactly what you need to be doing for yourself, doing for your life, doing for your family, doing for your career. Not every career is profitable unto you. Not everywhere is good for you. The Bible makes us to understand that when, when Isaac, when there was famine in the land, the Lord specifically spoke to Isaac. Isaac wanted to do what his father did. Isaac wanted to move and go into Egypt, just like his father Abraham did. But the Lord told Isaac, he said, stop. This particular time, I don't want you to go anywhere. I want you to stay there and do what other people will not do. It says, so in the land. And the Bible told us in the book of Genesis chapter 26. It says, at that point in time, after sowing in the land, the Bible said that he reaped a hundredfold when there was nothing around him. You have to wait long enough to receive that instruction. Yes. Because if you don't receive that instruction, you might be walking, but you might not see the result. You might be doing things, but you might not see the answer. It's not because God doesn't hear. It's not because God doesn't answer prayer. It's just that God is a very specific God. God works based on his instruction. And when he tells you to do something, he means exactly what he's doing. You look at the life of the disciples. The Bible told us that they fished all night. Fished all night. And they caught nothing. But at the word of the almighty God, Jesus said, cast your net on the right side of the ship. And when they did, what happened? They could not pull it up anymore. Because they had more than enough. They, 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 the fishes heard the voice of their maker. And they all rallied born in that particular net. The point is, you need to hear the pattern of the Almighty God for your life. Because when you hear that pattern of the Lord, and the Lord said, do this. Then you can go back and say, Lord, you told me to do this. And this thing is not working out. So, it's your problem. You got to fix it. But if he has not told you to do anything... <laughs> you are on your own, my brother. <laughs> you are on your own. You can cry as much as what God is a, is a merciful God. He's a merciful God. He will probably come in and help you out and pull you out of that mess, but at least you will sweat a little bit. The point you are making is there are a lot of people who don't build according to pattern number one because they don't know there's a pattern that exists. Number two, because they have not taken the time to receive a pattern for their life. Then number three, because they simply do not like the pattern that they have been given. You look at the pattern and say, God, you gave that particular guy a healing ministry. You gave that particular guy a deliverance ministry. Now you are giving me a ministry of just talking? Come on, man. Give me something else. <laughs> eh? Why do I have to be the one who's going to be the usher? Why do I have to be the one who's going to sit in the background? I want to be in a place where you can see me. After all, I know how to speak also. Okay? The Lord has given a particular pattern unto you. But the thing is that a lot of people don't follow that pattern because they don't like it. It's not a pattern they want. They want something else. The pattern they have been given is not glamorous. The one they have been given is not cool enough. The one that they have been given is not awesome. It doesn't look good. It doesn't give them opportunity to showcase their ability. They want visible ministry. And the Lord is saying, that is not what I want for you. I want something else for you. 
There are a lot of people who are doing things that God has not asked them to do. There are a lot of people who are where they are not supposed to be. There are a lot of people who have transplanted themselves from where God has located them to where God, to where the God, the presence of the Almighty God is no longer there. You will remember this man called Elijah. The Bible told us that Elijah was running away from Ahab and Jezebel. And the Lord, he went to find himself in Brook Cherry. And the Lord said, Elijah, what are you doing here? In other words, this is not where I ask you to be. This is not where I want you to be. He now told him, he said, get up from where you are and go to that particular widow in Zarephath because I have commanded the widow woman to feed you. If Elijah refused to go to the widow of Zarephath, the Lord will send his blessing to the widow of Zarephath, but Elijah will not be able to get it because you're not there. God is a God of location. Why is it that God gives a specific instruction? Why does he say, upon this mountain must you worship me? Why does he say, upon the particular place must you call upon my name? Why does he say that you have to go to the widow of Zarephath? Because the Lord will bless you in a place that he has instructed you to be. And that is why you need to hear from him. That's why you need to receive his, his pattern for your life. That's why you need to understand exactly what he wants you to do. Because when you hear from him and you are located exactly where you want him to be, that is when the heaven will be opened over your head. But when you don't receive it, it becomes an issue. You remember the case of the of the Passover of the Passover lamb. The Bible told us, it said, stay inside your house, mark the doorpost of your house, make sure you are inside for that particular night. Because if you are outside of that particular place, the covering of the Almighty God will not be upon your life. The pattern of God for our life, some people don't follow it because they simply don't like the instruction that they have been given. Thank you very much for listening to our program today. We invite you to join us every Sunday at 10 a.m. for our Sunday worship service at 2711 Murfreesboro Road in Antioch, Tennessee. We also host Bible study and prayer meetings every Friday at 7 p.m. We would like to invite you to join us for the September edition of our breakfast meeting on Saturday, September 8, 2018 at 9 a.m. The meeting will be held at the Holiday Inn located at 1453 Silo Hill Lane, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Breakfast Connection is a forum for equipping believers to live and share their faith in the marketplace. Childcare will be provided. We look forward to enjoying a warm fellowship with you. Visit us online at www.lifelonganointing.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Join us next time for another edition of Fresh Encounter. On behalf of Lifelong Anointing Church, we thank you for listening.